Hi, this is Jeff Stone of Grandpa's Fried Barbecue from the Panhandle of Florida, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can go write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, a live fire fun and frivolity show. If you are interested in getting in touch with the show tonight or you want to follow the show during off-show hours, here's how you do all of that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. And for the remainder of the show, you know him through three simple letters. G-M-G, Green Mountain Grills. Jason Baker is here. In fact, he's live in studio right here. Jason, good evening. Jason, good evening. (laughs) Good evening. (laughs) (laughs) Got to remember, just because I put the camera on doesn't mean the mute is. So we have a great segment coming up and uh, looking forward to that. So uh, just hang back for a few moments while we get the open done and then we'll come back and we'll talk all about Green Mountain Grill, the uh, revival tour that you are currently on and have been on for the last three weeks talking about Green Mountain Grills and do a lot of catch up. So uh, looking forward to talking with you and appreciate you being here in the studio with me. Absolutely. All right. Stand by. That's Jason Baker. So we're really happy to have another in-studio guest, uh, two in less than two months, which is great. That hardly ever happens. And then coming up after Jason Baker, who will be sitting in for the balance of the show, our fourth Tuesday of the month, regular guest, 35 past the first hour, Derek Riches joins the show. We'll be talking about time. We'll be talking about temperature, how those are related in re, uh, in relation to food safety, and that'll bring a wrap to the first hour, then move to the second hour. Because it is the first two, uh, fourth Tuesday of the month, we know what that means in the second hour. The ever-popular Embedded Correspondence segment is coming up. Holy moly. Let me just say this. We have Doug, we have John, we have Rusty, and we have Jason sitting in. We have the largest list of 
of 100% assurity questions that we have ever generated during the course of this segment. We will probably not get to anything else except answering 100% assurity questions. And of course, as we've done over the last couple months, if a particular question deserves to be drilled down for further context on why somebody says yes or why somebody says no, then we will make sure that we drill down into those specific questions. So looking forward to any and all of that. That is your second hour. So Jason Baker coming up shortly. Derek Riches after him. Embedded correspondence along with Jason Baker in the second hour. You can follow me socially at Instagram, X, Snapchat. See, when it's not Twitter anymore, Jason, I get confused. X throws me off. I know it's right, but it throws me off. Uh, All of those, you can follow me at BBQ Central Show, number one. And you can also watch the show, if you would prefer, by going to Facebook or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch the show on YouTube which is youtube.com slash at BBQ Central Show. And we do, hoof, uh, do, we do have a new YouTube poll question of the week. And I'm asking everybody this, and we'll ask Jason Baker as he opens the next segment. After hearing the past few updates, you are inclined to side with the Memphis River Parks partnership over Memphis in May on the damage issue. Currently, 50%. Oh, wait a second. It just changed. It's a 50-50 split. Or. Wow. If this isn't proper journalism, me bringing you the stories and what's actually happening, what's being reported, I don't know what it is. I don't remember the last time we've been in a dead broke tie this early in the show. However, we'll keep tabs of how the percentages play out over the course of the show. We'll ask all the questions. We'll ask this question to all the guests for the rest of the evening and If I can try and remember, we'll give you a final tally at the end of the show. But currently, we're deadlocked 50-50 with 50% of you saying yes, you are inclined to side with Memphis River Parks. And 50% of you are saying no, you do not side with them, even hearing all of the stuff that has been reported. So let's start here this evening. The 2023 Hartville Hardware Grill Fest recap. First of all, thank you so much to Kelly... And my man Steve for bringing me back yet again as the MC of this incredible event. All of the Hartville Hardware employees who are making that event run so smoothly. They're all so nice. They're all so helpful. Wonderful folks to be around. Not just from a talent interaction standpoint, but I see them working in the stores, taking care of the customers. This is exactly what proper, great, superior customer service is all about. If you ever want to learn about it, go to Hartville and observe what they're doing there on a day-to-day basis. Here's the setup of what Grillfest is, in case you're new to the show, you didn't hear me promoting it over the last couple of weeks. First of all, there's a rib competition and a pork belly competition. There's also a black box that was added around 11.30 in the morning that the competition cooks weren't aware of. So they had to come up with a, a one-bite dish using chicken, bacon, Brussels sprouts, and mango, I think it was. Now, they could bring some pantry items along with them, but that was what was in the black box. It was 25% of the score, so you couldn't just squander an opportunity on the black box and think that you were actually going to do well in your respective categories. Then, aside from the barbecue competition, we have live demos starting at 10.30 a.m. They ran through 2.30 p.m., You had our pal Mike Lang from Another Pint Please doing live demos on Weber products. You had Captain Ron 
who was doing demo on the Big Green Egg, and then, of course, the star herself, Danielle Bennett, Diva Q, doing not one but two demos. She opened and closed the demo portion on Traeger Products. Huge vendor area that has never been there before. It went all the way out into the parking lot. There were folks from Gosney. There were local vendors. Uh, Matt Frampton, the Pizziola to Pizziola, was there. Believe it or not, Matt Frampton was there, Jason. You can believe and first time I've met Matt face-to-face, he had to knock out a little early, had some things going on, but great to see him. He was selling all of his doughs, sauces, and spices. He was cooking pizza for sampling. So, uh, I mean, anybody who was anybody in the barbecue retail space was there. Personalities were there. Lots of reps from various brands that they carry at Hartville Hardware to answer all your questions. Great deals, of course, because that's what it's all about. And brand new, they are a Franklin Barbecue Pit dealer as well. So if you are in the local Ohio area or not so local and you want to see a Franklin Barbecue offset pit, then Hartville Hardware is the place to go. Now, who did I see there? As I had mentioned, Matt Frampton, Andrew Barnhart from Flip Grill, fan of the Barbecue Central show, somebody who we've had on a handful of months ago. He was there. The Turbo Truster guys were there, but I couldn't speak to them because they were so busy and the vendor area was so crowded. I uh, didn't get a chance to pull them away just to say hi, but they were busy doing business. Of course, uh, Keith Harris was there, who was the first winner of that whole competition six or seven years ago. And of course, in the demo tent, it was Diva Q, Captain Ron, and Mike Lang. So, look, for me, a lot of people aren't reaching out, if you can believe. A lot of people aren't reaching out and saying, hey, come and MC our event or moderate this conversation. I don't know why. I mean, I got 17 years of experience moderating great interviews, asking all the right questions. When I'm interacting with this talent, it's like a live segment on the show, except an added benefit. A, you're live at a really cool event, and then you get to see the talent demoing what we're talking about all the while I'm interjecting with questions. Now, some of the questions I know the answers to, but I'm trying to ask the questions that maybe the people are a little scared to ask because everybody's scared to ask questions. And then we're playing game shows at the end. What reappeared for the first time in years? Winery or rehab reappeared. And we was asking, hey, is this a winery or a rehab? You get two out of three right. You get all these free prizes. I mean, what a great event. Thank God that Hardville Hardware is around, number one, and that they have the foresight to reach out to somebody local and say, you know, you might be a talent. Come on out here and... Let the day happen, moderate, keep the day flowing, do some nonsense game shows while the downtime is happening, keep things moving. So I did it, and it was great again. Again, great to see Mike, great to see Danielle, great to meet Captain Ron for the first time, and uh, Matt Frampton, what a pleasure for me. Matt's been on the show many times, big fan of Urban Slicer, so... Thanks to the great folks out there at Hartville Hardware. So before we get to Jason Baker, I'm asking you a question. Are you tired of settling for mediocre grilling experiences? Of course. It's time to step up your game and bring the ultimate flavor and cooker to the backyard barbecues, pits and spits. Charcoal Grills offering the highest quality live fire cooking experiences you can get in the market today. Using either wood or charcoal, their solid fuel grills produce those classic flavors you're looking for. When you have the time to fire up the grill and cook for family and friends, 
With a large adjustable fuel tray, you can raise and lower the fire to control and fine-tune the heat. It's their take on that very popular Santa Maria-style grill that you're seeing on the internet nowadays. Check them out, pitsandspits.com slash show. And then at checkout, when you find that ever-sexy charcoal grill at pitsandspits.com, you can use this code, charcoal central, all one word, charcoal central, and you get 150 bucks off any grill. Let's get with it. And remember, this thing is sweet. A lot of stainless, very pretty, high-performing, and it'll be around for generations to come. So buy the best, only cry once, and then allow your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids uh, no crime because they didn't have to buy it, but they'll remember you, the barbecue stalwart who got all this going in the first place. Pitsandspits.com slash BBQ Central. And again, Charcoal Central at checkout for 150 bucks off any charcoal grill at Pitsandspits.com. Wowee, he's in studio. I'd say back and better than ever, but he is better than ever. And he is here for the first time in studio. Jason Baker, coming up next. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information to see what they offer. And then when you're ready to buy... Go to Amazon.com, go to Walmart.com, go to Lowe's.com, buy from them. Same great choices, even better shipping than you can get from CookinPellets.com. And Chris Becker told me to say that. So, thank you to him and the gang over at CookinPellets.com. My next guest, you would know when you hear the brand Green Mountain Grills, synonymous as the face, the name, the man, the brand. Jason, Jason, how are you, pal? I got you on mute again. I'm, how are you? <laughs> wow. I'm good, Greg. How are you? Uh, first time running a live show, Jason. Sorry. Wow. Holy moly. Right? Uh, I have Green Mountain Grill showing up for the first time on this show, July 31st, 2012, as a first time sponsor. Does that sound wow. about right, do you think? Wow, that's yeah, that's about right. Can you imagine we have been doing some type of business or having extended a relationship almost 12 years in the making? Now, that's a long time. It's wild, right? Is that longer than any girl you dated in high school? Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> wow. So a lot of places to start with you here. And uh, I guess the, the first question is, what's been going on with Green Mountain Grill over the past two years? Because that was the last time you were on the show, February 2020. Gosh, it's been that long. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think, you know, COVID changed everything for a lot of different companies, but I, we went through a lot, of, uh, a lot of changes, a lot of trials and tribulations. For the most part, I think we got into a, uh, a complacency where 
grill sales uh, were, were astronomical, 2020, 2021. And then things started to, to change a lot in 2022 and then obviously 2023. But, uh, you know, we've gone through some, some of those ups and downs and got to a point here where there's a lot that has changed. There's a lot that, that's gone on, but we are we're coming here with uh, some of the best stuff we've ever created. We've, we are ready to go into 2024 with product lines that we're truly proud of. And I think that we are bringing things that people have never seen in uh, barbecue. And I think that we're also bringing things that uh, at a value that people deserve. Uh, I said it earlier and I just jokingly, but we want to continue to be the, the people's Pellegrill. That's, that's where we live. And, and we want to keep focusing on the uh, brick and mortar. The brick and mortar model is, uh, is important to us. And that's kind of what, what I've been doing the last couple of weeks, three weeks, is just go out and, and listen to my, listen to our dealers and figure out uh, what we need to be doing and where we're, where we're, where we sit currently and, and where do we need to go in the future? And it's, it's been, uh, uh, it's been great to, to, to sit down with a lot of these dealers throughout the country and, uh, and just kind of go through and, and talk about the next steps of Green Mountain Grills and 2024. So we've heard through uh, other shows that there is going to be a <clears throat> unveiling at some point of, of whatever a new version of a Green Mountain Grill is going to look like. But perhaps the question before that, and we're not going to be talking about that. I know there's some uh, marketing things that you guys have set to launch and we're not looking to uh, scoop or get in front of anybody like that. I've known you too long to, to try and put you in a spot like that. And I respect that. Why is there a, why, there, why does there have to be a new, uh, green mountain grill? You know, we, uh, I think we've rested on our laurels for a long time. I think we've, we haven't made a lot of changes in the, uh, prime series for a while. And, uh, we've gone through a, a need to, pivot and uh we, we we jumped into a new fan new manufacturing facility uh early here in this year and and started to really focus on some of the changes some of the key changes that we wanted to make that we'd been talking about for for years but again we we got complacent i think a lot of people got complacent during 2020 2021 i think that there were a lot of uh just sales i mean everybody was selling right it was just a, it was a wild time in the barbecue industry and and you see the the ripple effects uh, and the aftermath of what's taken place from that. It's it's pretty devastating when you really look at what's happened to a lot of companies uh, who didn't didn't focus necessarily on where uh, I think a lot of people thought that that was just going to continue on forever. And do you really think that, Jason? When you've had <laughs> when you've had two years mm-hmm. of numbers that you have never seen before in the history of the industry what kind of business mind looks at that and says this has never happened before we should bet on this as something that is going to happen from now on it seems like the better i guess monday morning quarterback right but sure i never thought while this was happening that this is something that was going to stick you should double down you should build new facilities you should do all this other stuff because you're just going to be making hay left and right it just seemed odd you look at the environment, people are home. I didn't necessarily think that people were going to be home forever going forward. And they started to return back to normal life, normal buying habits, this and that. It seems like the smartest people in the car ended up being not the smartest people in the car 
And some of those guys were of the biggest companies making those bets that that was going to be what the new business climate was like. Yeah, I do believe. I mean, listen, for us, we didn't believe that. We, we were always very skeptical about the future. And we were starting to see that actually in 2021, we do a, a pretty seasonal business when it comes to Black Friday. And at that point in 2021, we could feel that things were starting to change. And so at that moment, when you started to feel... Uh, a little bit of just uh, people people weren't buying and nothing had changed other than the fact that people had stopped buying. Then in 2022, it was amazing how everything shifted so quickly into travel, right? We saw travel just go berserk uh, and people were not at home. And we saw it in pellet sales. We saw it in grill sales. It was a different environment. And I think that there were a lot of people. I mean, I've, I've definitely been around plenty of uh, entity leaders who believed that that this thing was going to continue at least at some level, mm. they uh, they did believe that, and I and I and I feel sorry for some of those, or or at least feel sorry for the people who were left holding the bag in that deal. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's uh, we were not doing that. We were more focused on other things and uh, and and definitely preparing for what we knew was coming, which was a downturn in the in the consumer uh, appliance space. Jason, can you? Uh get a little tighter on sure. the, or, or like pull it towards you a yeah, little yeah. bit more if you want that way we go. can remove a little bit of the room there um from a <clears throat> grill manufacturer's perspective you'd mentioned you'd uh, gotten a new partner how do you source a new partner what, what kind of a process is that like i know we had talked about it long time ago because uh, i think you talk about going to china and it can be a little sketchy on what you're getting back as a product if you as the uh, company aren't doing your due diligence by being out there and making sure that they're doing their end of the bargain. Maybe they would want to start to cut corners. How do you make sure you're holding their feet to the fire? And what are you looking for in a manufacturing partner to get this new grill going? The most important thing for us is engineers, uh, engineers that can help us as we're utilizing people here, uh, making sure that the engineering is top notch. So when you're able to communicate with people, uh, back and forth and they understand your ideas and and uh, you get to a point where you have a comfort level with those folks from an engineering standpoint they understand the in- innovation strategy that you're trying to to deploy that's important for us and i think look i at the same time a little luck's involved because uh, i had a very good friend uh, that that uh, kind of came to me and said hey there's this particular person that i want you to meet and uh, i want to want you to talk to him and we start talking and we started going back and forth and uh, just really, and, and he's based in Los Angeles. So we, we got to really know each other well, even prior to us changing, uh, but we uh, changing partners, uh, changing manufacturing partners. But at that same time, we were really spending time getting to know each other, getting to know each other, how, how we tick, how, how we see the barbecue industry. We were so aligned on so many things. Uh, it was easy to, to finally make that decision really based on a knowledge base of aesthetics versus innovation strategy uh, versus features versus versus value. That was all there early on with, uh, with these guys and they've been phenomenal. I mean, what, what they've been able to do in a short period of time is kind of really help us source a lot of, a lot of parts to start with. Uh, That was a big uh, step in the right direction uh, we need. We needed to make sure we had plenty of parts for our customers, for our dealers, our customer support. All of that needed to get fixed, and and uh, it needed to get fixed quickly because we were in a little bit, a little bit of a bind there. And so, 
you know, that process usually takes a very long time. And I think we, we have done it in a very, uh, just a very expeditious way. We've, we've gotten to a point now where we've got engineers, we're going back and forth in the middle of the night, two in the morning, three in the morning, going back and forth on things. And when you're able to communicate strongly, uh, through all of the things that you want to create, all the things that you like, things you don't like about your particular uh, units, that is everything. It's uh, that's what that's the game changer. So that's yeah, short answer there. I'm not asking you about the uh, legal stuff with Traeger, but that went on a long time uh, to the point where there was a time not too long ago where I'm having a off air conversation with Jason Baker, and you're like, oh my god. Like, it's just never-ending. I'm burned out. I think I'm going to go open a restaurant because that's, like, what you were into uh, or what you had done, you know, previous. That was uh, something that you did. What changes to make you decide, you know what? I am going to stick with Green Mountain Grill. And it, by the way, not easy to step away from something that you had poured your heart and soul in for all those years to say, I'm getting out of the industry. Totally understandable to want to do that. But why stay in it? Man, it's a passion. It is. It, it, when, you, when you think about that and you start talking about it and then you, you do it for a little bit, you realize how much you really love and you miss it. And then it's worth fighting for. And I think this industry for me is worth fighting for. It's, it's what I fell in love with. And it's, it's what I wake up to every day. That uh, Minus all that other nonsense where... Quite frankly, you know, sadly, I think the only people that came out ahead on that deal were the attorneys. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's the lesson that I learned from from this whole thing is that the attorneys always win. And and it's sad. It really is. It's a sad deal. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about it any more than that. It's it's been a painful, painful saga that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy, quite frankly. But this industry is worth it to me. It's mm-hmm. worth the fight. And every single one of those brick and mortar dealers out there who have fought for us for since 2009. Since 2009, these guys have been pushing Green Mountain Grill out there and believing in our strategy, our products, uh, our business model. We owe it to them to make certain that we exist and have something in the marketplace that they can sell to the public still with a Green Mountain Grill logo on it. And that's just what I believe. I, I think that... There is no better product out there for the price than what Green Mountain Grill has put out there. You're not paying for a brand uh, in the sense of uh, some of our competitors. I think that you are paying for an incredible value on a pellet grill that uh, that gives you everything you want in your backyard. And I think we've brought a lot of joy to a lot of backyards across America, across the world. I mean, gosh, we have, uh, I was just talking to our distributor in uh, in. Uh, uh, Australia. And, you know, it's <clears throat> the excitement is there for something new, something uh, that, that is for that dealer network for the specific brick and mortars. And, and I'll say this, Greg, as everybody uh, seems to be more and more focused on profit and, and selling direct from their website, that's not, our, that's not our model. We have stayed away from that. We have focused 100% on the dealer network. And, and, as of now, we're tripling down on that more than ever. If somebody says, Jason, great mindset 15 years ago, 20 years ago, but direct to consumer or playing both sides of the fence, uh, set up a dealer network, but also 
sell direct to consumer if maybe there's not a dealer around you. I don't know exactly how all that works. But you're completely, you're the antithesis of that. We're going to hit the ground. We're going to make relationships with these stores and we're going to educate them on being a Green Mountain Grill dealer. And that's it. You can't go to GreenMountainGrill.com and buy a grill. You got to go to a dealer. Why or what is the passion to continue to drive that model versus doing some type of a hybrid or solely DTC? I think there's something great for the soul when you walk into a barbecue store and you are able to speak to somebody who has great information about barbecue and whether that has something to do with the the newest rub that's out there that you have to try or the newest gadget that you have to get there's something good to walking into a brick and mortar and helping your local brick and mortar store survive in your town there's something cool about that and i'm not taking anything away from uh, there are some great on t- online retailers out there that do have a very good relationship with the consumer and they do a phenomenal job. Uh, I can think of one or two uh, total that do a good job of engaging their, their, their customer base and supporting their customer base and definitely informing them and keeping them in the loop on everything. But uh, we were talking about this earlier. I think there's a point in which, gosh, I, you're just inundated with newsletters and and feeds and somebody's texting you a, a, some kind of a deal or this or that it just it seems it, like too much sometimes and i think that when you go into a, a a specialty retailer you have an experience that is i'm going to go figure this out on my own i'm going to spend some time i've done a little bit of research informationally why uh, informational wise on uh, online but i'm going to focus on touching these grills and learning from these, these, these folks inside these stores who live and breathe this every day. In two years from now, how many dealers would you like to have? Or uh, perhaps a better question is, is it quantity of dealers or quality of dealers in the end? It's quality. It's always quality. And, and I see the amount of grills that some of, some of our competitors put out there in the last three or four years. And it's, it's amazing. And I can only imagine what that's like to, to take care of those customers properly. Uh, especially when you're doing a lot of business, uh, direct consumer, right? So you're having to really expand a lot of the maybe easier questions that could be fielded by a, a brick and mortar. But I think for us, is there a number? Gosh, Greg, I, look, we, we, at a pinnacle, I think we were in that 4,000 range, but I believe that, we probably want to be in that that thousand to two thousand range where we can really focus on them and make sure that they're successful. So you've been on the Green Mountain Grill revival tour, as I've been calling. You started in L.A., ran the South, uh, got over to Florida, and then started running back up north. Eventually, you make it here to Cleveland. And how much more? time do you have left because you're leaving here tonight and driving to chicago overnight rock and roll hall and fame right this yeah. is uh this is the great place here at cleveland but <laughs> <laughs> you said it i did <laughs> i did uh this is going to go on until i can hit everybody i want to and uh, i don't have any plans of when this is going to stop i want everybody to see these grills i want everybody to be comfortable with with what we're doing uh, from a business model standpoint, but uh, we're going to run this thing until until these grills start coming in for for the dealers directly. So, uh, you know, I got to zigzag through the Midwest. I got I got a lot of places to go. But look, uh, some of these people again, 
go back to relationships. I've known a lot of these people for a very long time. And we made a promise to them a long time ago. And, and we intend to do everything we can to try and keep that promise. To make sure that we are giving them a great product that they're excited to sell in their local towns. Period. When it launches, there will be how many refreshed Green Mountain Grills online? Three. Yeah, so we're, we're going we're gonna to focus on three models, <clears throat> and then we will focus on our uh, largest model, uh, the Big Pig Trailer Rig. That will be uh, a very good focus for 2024. <laughs> that product, uh, we were making quite a few of those uh, up until... Uh, up until 2022 and then after that uh we we kind of took a break on it but you sell a lot of those we did i mean we were really? selling yeah you'd be surprised i mean we would have we would have uh containers sold of those those are eight of those things fed on a container and people would buy them is that a caterer thing or just people that like to cook a lot of food it's a mix i mean I, there wow. there there are there are guys that just buy them for their deer stands or their or their deer camps right uh in their uh in their particular farm or what have you i mean there are all those things are all over the place it's it's crazy is that going to be in the mix or is that one going to get held off then oh. it's going to get held off we're going to focus on that in 2024 or or i should say q after q1 2024 we're going to get these three lines out first mm -hmm. uh but we are focused on uh, a 2.0 version of our prime grills and uh all the things that we wanted to do for the last three years on those grills are finally going to get done and we're going to be uh, rocking and rolling with grills that, that everybody's going to look at and they're going to go, that's awesome. Especially at those prices, those are amazing products. We are talking with Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grills. The website, of course, greenmountaingrills.com. And I'm going to put a stop to this conversation at the moment. But as I look in my box, there appears to be zero Derek Riches that are waiting on deck to do his segment. So I'm going to do a quick piece of business. And if he doesn't show up, then we will continue our Green Mountain Grill conversation. Deal? Deal. All right. Stand by. We're talking with Jason Baker, who was in the studio all evening. So if you can't get enough of him in the first hour, relax. We got a whole second hour where he's going to be jumping in with the embedded correspondence, answering the 100% maturity questions. And we'll see if... Derek Riches doesn't make some type of an appearance here over the next few minutes or not. So before we get back to talking with Jason or we pick up a conversation with Derek Riches, I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. They can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats, but we also love that they can get rip-roaring hot for the high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts, but what's missing in the everyday ceramic lineup? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire and a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grills and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute that two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you all the other ceramic grill benefits as well. When you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo cooker and cook with, so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. 
They have all the gadgets and accessories that you want anymore. So they have that Primo Grill rotisserie, the Primo Grill pizza accessory, the half pan, the full pan, the rib racks, you name it. They even have a griddle insert that you can put in all the various sizes of the Primo Grill as well, taking advantage of some of that griddle mania that's been going on over the last year, year and a half. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz, yes. Patented technology, yes. True two-zone cooking capabilities, multiple sizes, yes and yes. If you just have to have a round Primo, well, guess what? You can. They actually make a round one. But I encourage you to push away from the norm and go with that oval. Just from the two-zone capabilities by itself, you can put a separator in there. You can bank the coals off to one side. You can even put a deflector plate on the non-coal side and then put meat on top of that. Or if you want a little bit more of a higher heat, you can put the deflector plate above the hot coals and then your meat above that so it's going to cook a little bit faster. And that deflector plate doesn't allow for the direct heat depending on what you're cooking. So many different ways to cook on this thing. And as I've said, week in and week out, you're going to be surprised after the ceramics heat up how humid the cooking environment is. I put ribs on a couple weeks ago. So humid. Very succulent ribs. Very good. Only sold through dealers. Just like Green Mountain Grills, believe it or not. So you have to go to primogrill.com, find a dealer near you, and then you can check out all the different sizes of ovals that they have, touch and feel them, and then buy the one that best fits your needs. And you get all the accessories while you're there as well. Why not? primogrill.com that's primogrill.com and we'll be back right after this stick around you're listening to the barbecue central show Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rempe. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. That's right. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa, the Google Assistant, or other smart speakers, you're in luck. Fireboard is fully integrated with uh, with both of (laughs) most. That's what I'm trying to I'm looking for most. Uh, Most of those. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or Call with your questions, 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. Coming in on the comments section, it's Maddie Rempe watching from Kent State University saying, Steve and I love the Primo Grills. Yes, of course. By the way, she's just a fan of the show. I'm not paying her to be some kind of plant out there in the internet crowd and say, you know, when I do the commercials, make sure you write in so I can flash you up there. She's just a fan. You, uh, outside of pellet cookers, Jason, what are some of your favorite cookers to have barbecue or grilling up? Uh, definitely an egg. I love having that uh, ability to 
uh, just for beef. You mean Primo, right? Yes, yeah, sorry, Primo. Yes, absolutely, Primo. <laughs> yes, uh, I do love ceramic cookers. I think they're they're a lot of fun to cook on. Uh, but obviously, pellet is number one for me. I think offset is also fun sometimes, and I think a, WS- a WSM is fun as well. It just depends on what you want to do. It depends how much work you want to put in. But uh, most of the time, it is a pellet cooker for me. Do you think we're trending away? This is going to sound like old guy, get off my lawn, which I hate to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. So when I got into the barbecue biz, as I was telling you how this whole nonsense started, my wife bought me a Weber Smoky Mountain cooker. I didn't know how to use it. Eventually found an online forum and then it was off from there. But I made a horrendously below average rack of ribs the first time I followed the directions. I was like, you know, this. I can't believe I spent this much time for what is a highly lackluster dining experience. Something's wrong. And then I got to learn the cooker, and then I found the internet, and I got to get some shortcuts. But it was about, like, back back then, when I was... It was learning how to start a fire. It was learning how to maintain a fire. It was learning how to make uh, different adjustments to bring the temperature of the cooker up or making other adjustments to bring the temperature of the cooker down, depending on where you were in your cook. And then you could expand that further into the offset cooker like you were talking about. For my money, I'm standing talking to a guy at Hartville Hardware in front of a Franklin barbecue pit for 20 minutes. And he's asking me all these questions about why would I want to get something like this instead of this vast array of other stuff, which seems a lot easier and cheaper. Uh, Franklin barbecue pits, five grand. And I said, look, this isn't for everybody, but if you are what I would call either an old school guy or a barbecue purist, and at some point in every month you have time to feed a fire, I would challenge anybody to show me a better, I think when you can do it right, an offset pit provides some of the best barbecue you can make. I further bolster my argument by saying, if you go down to Texas, or a lot of other barbecue meccas, uh, not Carolina so much, they're using offset pits. People rave about how great that barbecue is, so it has to be something to that. But there is also a lifestyle that's attached to that. The long way to go to ask you if you think we have gone away from finding the romance of learning how to build a fire, keep a fire, whether it be uh, charcoal or whether it be an offset type pit. Yeah, have we gone away from the romance of it? I, I would say that uh, not entirely. I think there will always be purists out there. And do, I think- do more people want to just be able to throw the pellets in, set a temperature, and know that part of it they don't necessarily have to be expert at? They do. There's definitely a part of that. But, I, but it's amazing to me how many times you look at somebody's backyard and see all kinds of different options. You really do. I mean, I'm in backyards a lot, and it's not abnormal to see uh, a an offset cooker, an, a ceramic cooker, uh, a pellet grill. It's not abnormal to see these things or, or just a, a regular kettle, right? So, and, and from a financial standpoint, you can do all that, right? I mean, the, a lot of those those grills that I mentioned, you can be pretty reasonably priced, not, not a Franklin necessarily, but uh, most of those offset cookers you can find uh, uh, at Bucky's, for, for instance, I think I saw for... Two ninety nine, right? If you wanted to just start on something to to learn it, if you want a kettle, they're you know hundred bucks, right? Just having that ability to find that romance when you want to, but I think when you're busy, a, 
pellet grill makes sense. A pellet grill is the ease. It's that technology. Uh, everything is there for the consumer to live their busy life. When we talk about different cookers, and you talk about backyards having an eclectic collection of different cooking vessels, is there one that you see and you're like, wow, I can't believe that particular cooker got so popular? <laughs> uh, I was going to say something, but no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> uh, look, there, there are, is there a grill out there? That's a tough question. I think there there were a couple of those. Uh, I can't remember the name of the grill, but I remember the grill had all these pieces where it was just these flat stainless pieces that kind of became this diamond and you put wood in it and then you have fire at the top. Do you remember those? You remember seeing those? Was that the Karubacue? Gotcha. Fire at the top? Maybe. Like wood fire at the top. Yes, wood yeah, fire at I the top. I think that's the Karuba. Is that what it was? Looked I, like a looked like a dorm refrigerator. It did look like a dorm. Fr- I was surprised <laughs> that some of that stuff went as mainstream, uh, at least for a short time being uh, mainstream. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of different uh, different cookers I've seen out there that that have taken hold. Where I go, that's interesting. I think the fire disc was one of those too. I I tried to learn how to cook on that fire disc, and it was difficult for me. But it looked like a cool product, and I'm sure again there are certain products that are that are uh, not for everybody. Are you surprised that griddling has taken off as much as it has? I, I'm surprised how much people pay for those things. I think that there are... What's too much to pay, Jason? <laughs> All right, you brought it up. So let's go. <laughs> How much is too much when it comes to a griddle? I mean, it depends what it does, right? I think Blackstone has some really cool products out there that have uh, the built-in fryers, and those are amazing values. At uh, I've seen them as low as six ninety-nine to eight ninety-nine, somewhere in that range. Uh, I think that's a phenomenal price for 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 that. Uh, you're seeing Weber put out uh, a very nice griddle for four ninety nine. I think they might even have it at three ninety nine for uh, for for Black Friday and holiday sales. Those are those are nice grills. They're all fun. They're fun grills. But uh, again, when you when you, I'm surprised when people pay over a thousand dollars or even you know in that eight ninety nine range for uh, a, one of those cookers. That's just that's all it does, right? Because there's so many great options out there. Uh, but I, everybody's got there's different kind of levels of of capital out there as well. What's the barbecue scene like in Phoenix? Oh my gosh. Uh, the barbecue scene is run by, really it's run by uh, Barbecue Island and Barbecues Galore. Those guys uh, run it well. They do a great job. They have uh, multiple stores. Most people really gravitate towards pellet. I think there are a lot of uh, uh, Kamado folks out there. Uh, a lot of shiny things. You're seeing a lot more shiny, and when I say shiny, I mean backyard kitchens uh, getting put in. It's not abnormal for people to be pumping tens of thousands of dollars into some of those deals yeah. right and uh but that's a different level that's a that's a different level it's crazy when you see uh, the outdoor space i mean in arizona you can stay outside pretty much all year i mean really there's only uh two two to three months well this year i would say three months that you don't want to be outside it was uh, it was definitely a hot summer but you see a lot of people spending more time in their backyard and these guys have all done very well building a lot of new backyard kitchens in folks' uh, outdoor spaces. Would it be a waste of money for me to put together plans and then erect an outdoor kitchen here in Cleveland? You think? It depends.
depends what you got going on, man. You got heaters, you got uh, you you got some enclosures. I think you some ability to open and close it. I think I think it could it could happen. Yeah, you know, some garage doors. Snows here. I know. That's why I say close it, open <laughs> it when you need to. I've seen it. I've seen some places over there in uh, in in, uh, in in Long Island, out in there in the Hamptons. I've seen some incredible uh, properties that have built-in spaces that are all closed off, right, as needed, and then you can open them all up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it. That sounds very expensive. It is very expensive. Like you were talking tens of thousands in the outdoor kitchen, which I'm yes. assuming is what we would normally picture. Sure. Let me tell you something. Uh, not to just throw out two name brands for no good reason, but mm-hmm. for the folks that are looking to do outdoor kitchen on a budget, I'm not talking about bringing in the cement company and you know having them blow the whole bar and uh, back bar and all that stuff. I think it's Gorilla and Charbroil both have modular kitchen pieces that depending on what your setup is either in the backyard like for me it would be in that side yard um where you can put together you know maybe four five six different pieces they have the l so you can kind of work it around and the i have no idea why they are not out promoting the hell out of this either company but it just sits in the background and i locked onto it once through a, a facebook post for gorilla and then I lucked on the website through Charboil, just going through accessories and saw it. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I like priced out a whole outdoor kitchen. It was like 5,000 bucks. Yeah. Maybe 5,000 bucks. And it seemed like it was pretty good, uh, good quality value. stainless, yeah. great value, good storage space. But, you know, for somebody like me who is, you know, going to get really good use out of it, probably six months out of the year. And then it's going to snow uh, the other six months out of the year. Uh, you know, I'm not worried too much if it's, you know, a really bad winter and I guess I can just wipe it off, dry it off and, and away we go. But, you know, those are two things if you're looking to outfit on a budget that you can't sleep on Brilla and Charboil. And by the way, uh, neither are sponsors. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, good products, no doubt. What, uh, what do you see coming up on barbecue trends uh, as we get ready to close out the year here? Yeah, I think you're just going to see a lot of great value for the consumer. I think the consumers are going to have a lot of options here. Uh, you're seeing really the end of the uh, COVID supply uh, glutton, if you will. I think that you're going to just see a ton of deals out there for the consumer at the end of this year. There are a lot of uh, competitors of ours definitely putting some incredible uh, prices down there. Uh, so I think it's it's definitely a buyer's market for the fall. I don't see anything innovative coming. I just see a lot of uh, slashing of prices to just get rid of inventory. And I think that's what a lot of these folks have been doing for a while after, uh, after the markets uh, have done what they've done. And I think, hey, look, you're seeing, again, I can't go back to this too much, but the, the barbecue industry saw an incredible amount of growth. And I think that there were a lot of people who believed that growth, the growth was going to continue and they invested accordingly. And you're seeing a lot of entities still spend a lot of money on customer acquisition costs uh, when, quite frankly, the margins just are not there. Mm. And uh, because of that, just oversupply. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year uh, as we go into an election year, right? To see what, how people spend, uh, where prices are going to fall. But I think a lot of the people in the barbecue industry are speaking uh, back in the in the range of, hey, people are going to be looking to uh, upgrade their barbecue or the folks back in 20. 20- 
2016, 2015, 2017 who bought grills who are now looking to upgrade, who didn't jump on the uh, the, the COVID train on a, on a new barbecue, they're going to be looking to purchase a new barbecue. So I think we'll see 2024 as a good year for, a decent year for barbecue. As somebody who would probably know a decent amount on this question, I'm always asking grill manufacturers when they come on. And over the last handful of years, it seems to be a race to put some kind of tech on a grill, uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, tell me when to flip, all this other stuff. Do you have any idea what percentage of folks are actually using that technology versus people that are buying it and saying, hey, great to have, but in reality, they're not using it. Is the majority of folks actually using that regularly? Yeah, I think wow. so. So speaking to a lot of different competitors and, and ourselves, we're all in that same boat. Some people say 10%, some people say as high as 30% uh, usage on the on the tech. I, you know, for me, it's, that's a that's an interesting question, right? Because if it were, I would like to know, is that, have you used it this this year one time or have do you use it every month one time? How, what's the frequency, right? I'd like to know that information more, not just, hey, did you use it this year? And I think that's the question that most people ask or they're able to monitor what, what goes on. We see it on our own uh, databases that it's about 15% continual usage where people are actually utilizing the tech uh, for the grills that are sold. Is that a lot? Is that a big percentage? Uh, to me, it's not. I, I would expect uh, a lot more than that. A lot uh, like 70%? Yeah, it de- most definitely. Yeah. What's w- the like? What's the holdup? I think people are just home. They're looking at their grill. They don't want to look at their phone anymore. I mean, they look at their phone all day. I don't know if they want to keep looking at their phone. I don't know. I, I That's the only thing I can kind of generate from that because it is nice to have. It's a great feature. Uh, it's nice to be able to see your, your, your meat probe and see what's going on on, on a couple different meat probes. Uh, if you're inside, especially if it's hot where I live or necessarily, uh, uh, you know, South Dakota when it's the wintertime, that's nice to have that ability to, to take a look at that, that, that temperature, that the time you've got into the, the cook. But I think ultimately people are just in front of their grill more and they're pushing the button or they're, 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 they're walking away and they're coming back to it as they need. They're not necessarily looking at their phone the whole time. Is it a differentiator more than anything else then? In other words, if all things are equal, if this grill has more tech, yeah. I'm going to opt for that one just so I have it. Yeah, I think it is. I, I hate mm-hmm. to say it like that, but I think there are people that just buy things just because it has something additional on it. But as a I, manufacturer, you wouldn't not put it on. No. You would put it on so you remain competitive to... Yeah, you, you have to. Mm-hmm. You, you absolutely have to, I, at least for now. I mean, I've seen a lot of entities uh, out there that, that have not done it. And I think, uh, you know, I don't know if there is mainstream. I don't know. Jason Baker is joining us here on the show. And the website is greenmountaingrills.com. And we're talking about a whole bunch of different barbecue stuff. What's your favorite region of barbecue to eat? Mm. Depends what you're in the mood for, right? If, I, if, I'm, if I'm going for brisket, it's got to be Texas, right? I, I just Texas just does it right. It's easy. It's smoke. It's, it's simple flavor. I love the briskets that I, that I have in uh, uh, Texas. I would say Mississippi does a phenomenal job on ribs. I think ribs are great in Mississippi. Mississippi? I, I know. I'm telling you, I've had some of the best ribs. What's in a, even a city in Mississippi? Well, you got Columbus. You've got... Uh, uh, Isn't that Missouri? 
No, no, it's it's actually a it's a great town. So Columbus, Mississippi, is in uh, uh, basically kind of the middle, little south of Jackson. Right? Do you know the area at all? I think. Okay. I think well, you're you're close to Tuscaloosa, so then you start getting into Alabama, right? So so it's it's right on that that cusp of the border. I think you're mm-hmm. about an hour and a half uh, out from Columbus, Mississippi, to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, there's some great barbecue in those regions. Really? I'm not kidding, man. They they, they know what they're doing out there in Mississippi. What about Louisiana? Louisiana does a great job too. Of course. Is that yeah. more Creole based barbecue? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had a, a Creole-based barbecue, hmm. but uh, folks definitely know what they're doing in all regions. I don't ever want to discount. I think it's just a, a flavor profile that you're going for, depending on. What's the number? One, if we're going to barbecue in Phoenix, where are you taking me? I'm going to take you to Little Miss. Little Miss? Little Miss Barbecue. Oh, Little Miss. Come on. Scott's the man. Those guys know what they're doing. Uh, forever. They've, they've been doing it forever. They, yeah, they've been doing it. Wow. He's got two locations now, oh. and... Uh, you know the original is still there down down by the airport. It's a it's just a what a great place. It's it's old school, right? It's just like a Texas style barbecue place. You you go up there, you you see the big the big offset cookers there. You, they, he's got the big Camelback smokers, and he's rocking out mm-hmm. a ton of uh, just a ton of barbecue out of that place. And he's doing it right. It's just it's a fun place to go to. It's a great experience, uh, and he's got another location too. He's doing a he's doing a great job. We didn't ask you at the beginning of last segment, so let's do it now as we're wrapping up the first hour. YouTube poll question of the week, Jason. After hearing the past few updates, you are inclined to side with Memphis River Park's partnership versus or over Memphis and May on the damages issue as it relates to Memphis and May's barbecue contest. Yes or no? You know, it's a hard question because you don't want to, and I'm not trying to vacillate on this. I'm just saying. Like, it's yes or no. No, it's not. I'm not going to give a yes or no because... You want both of these sides to, to figure it out. Memphis in May is a phenomenal, it's just a great event. It is a great barbecue competition. And Have you should, ever been? Many times. Oh. But it should be something that continues, and it's sad that, that, that they're at an impasse. I hope they figure it out. I really do. I don't want to side with either one. I just want to side with the event coming back. I think it's coming back. It's definitely not going back to Tom Lee Park to the tune of... Uh, a now lawsuit at $675,000 that Memphis River Parks is trying to collect on that damage bill. But uh, I think I was, how about this? Uh, I'm going to have to hold on to that. We don't have enough time. There's more to be heard from both sides, hopefully, on this show. But either way, I'll continue to bring up the updates. Um, it, it does seem a little one-sided, as I look at it, as far as information that's being put out there. So River Park's partnership seems to be very talkative, very happy to show you what their hand looks like and what they know. And Memphis and May, the complete opposite. Very uncommunicative, not really looking to talk about anything. I don't know if that has to do with the fact of they were filing the insurance claim. Now that's turned into a lawsuit, so now they really don't want to talk about anything. But I would always love to have people at least talk about something instead of not talk about anything, especially when one side is talking. But nevertheless, agree. Nevertheless, 67% of you are saying no. You are not inclined to side with Memphis River Park. So uh, there we go. All right. Uh, we are going to, let me see how I can. This is how we wrap up the first hour. Uh, no Derek Riches, by the way, if anybody knows. But Jason Baker doing a great. Derek Rich's impression by sitting right in 
and answering all the tough questions. So uh, we're going to step away. We will point to the second hour where we will have an embedded correspondence segment starting at 14 past. And we've got a bunch of other stuff to tell you about here as we lead the second hour. So you just stick around and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.